Today on From A to Ziggy, Alabama song. Uh, welcome to A to Ziggy. Today we are talking about Alabama song from 1980. It was a single. Is this the first this cover? Me? No, this is not the first cover we did. We did Across the Universe. Oh, we did do Across the Universe, yeah. Uh, so this is not originally a Bowie song. This was written by Bertolt Brecht and Kurt Weil from their play, their musical, The Rise and Fall of the City of Mahogany, 1930. Haven't seen it myself. Nor have I. Um, it's on my Netflix queue. But I'm told that... It involves a, a world of a city of decadence, and Kurt Weil's wife, Lada Lenya, originally played the prostitute character who's singing this song with her entourage, getting ready to, uh, to move on to the next neighborhood or town or something and corrupt the young men that they're going to encounter. So going into this, I was far more familiar with the Doors version. It's one of those door songs that doesn't really get a lot of play on the radio because it tends to be the same two or three door songs every time. But it's one of those songs that they always sneak in. If uh, classic rock stations love to do like the, the double shot days where they do back to back songs from the same artist. And I always get really excited for those because that's when they like pull out the songs that you don't hear every freaking time. The deeper cuts. The deeper cuts. I used to live on this classic rock station in Providence, and I just love their double shot day because it was a day that, like, you could hear Queen and you wouldn't just hear We Will Rock You. You could get to hear, like, Fat Bottom Girls or Bicycle Race. And, like, you'd hear different Pink Floyd songs. Right? So, like, that that's always my association with this song. You know what's weird about the Queen songs you just mentioned is they're both usually paired up together with, an, with their other song. Like, We Will Rock You is always paired up with We Are the Champions. Yeah. And then Fat Bottom Girls is always <laughs> tied up with Bicycle Race. They're always like played back to back. Yeah. So if they do a, uh, what, what, did you, what did you call it? A double? D- double shot. Double shot? <clears throat> would it be like the four songs? So a lot of times they would start off with the more popular songs. So yeah, like a We Will Rock You, We Are the Champion situation, or like sometimes Bohemian Rhapsody. But yeah, and then you know, like as it's ending, that's when you start thinking, okay, second song, we're going deep cut. And that's when you would either get like your fat bottom girls or something like that. So yeah, <laughs> so long story short, that's what I really enjoy about this particular song, despite the fact that I wasn't really versed in the Bowie version until very recently. It's like, it's a, re- it's a very popular song. Like, I knew it. I've never been a big Doors fan, despite the fact that I have that box set over there. But I knew it when I was, you know, a teenager. So I knew the song. And I'd never heard the Bowie version either until I dug dug around and found it. See, I, I've never really like purchased any Doors. Like Doors have always been one of those peripheral bands for me that like I like some of their songs and like I I, I would say I generally like the Doors. But so because I've never really bought any Doors albums, I didn't even realize that that was the name of the song, which is my like really bad confession. So when I put on Alabama song, the David Bowie, like it kicks. I was like, oh, this song. I know this song. This is a this is a Doors song, or maybe the Doors have been covering a Bowie song all this time, and I had no idea. Yeah, that's the nice surprise about it. Is no. Nobody knows the name of this song, yeah. pretty much. It's Whiskey Bar or like Moon of Alabama uh, or that, that creepy song <clears throat> where the 35-year-old man is looking for little girls. Yeah. 
So there's, you can actually find on YouTube videos and audio recordings of Lada Lenya singing it uh, originally, like in the 30s and then again in the 60s. And of course her version it says little boys instead of little girls, which is mildly less creepy only for Yeah, me. I would say that was a good move to change that. Right. Um, you <laughs> for, know, case by Jim case Morrison. when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jim Morrison changes it in his version. And then uh, Bowie follows suit. Although it's still a little bit creepy still... to, to talk about little girls. Yeah. And he makes it so creepy. They both do. Yeah. So how did this song become part of the Bowie repertoire? Bowie well, uh, started singing it on his 78 tour, which you can find on the stage live album. And they would play a pretty pretty standard, so they would play a version of it live. And it was such a hit live that uh, when they finished the European leg of the tour, they got into Tony Visconti's studio in London, and he and his touring band, they all recorded a studio version of it. So uh, when they did that, Bowie had this idea to do this weird off-rhythm drum solo throughout the whole track. So he, had, he was going to have his drummer, Dennis Davis, do this just free-flowing drum solo to give it, as the pianist Sean Mays said, to give it an unstable, insane atmosphere, because it's got this, just this weird... It just feels like stumbling through a dark alley. Yeah, it's that crazy. whole song just feels like stumbling through a dark yeah, alley. It's, it's weird cadence. It's all about like decadence and yeah. But it's funny because you don't really feel so. And this is something we were talking about before. Is like it's a totally different. The the Bowie version and the Doors version both exist on like opposite sides of the of the same drunken coin. Where the Bowie version just feels like the. I've been out drinking whiskey, like, in a dive bar kind of feeling, like, where you just, like, you've got the spins, and you're trying to make your way out, and you're just, like, stumbling up, but you still feel kind of grand, but it's, like, a darker kind of grand, where you kind of realize that you're completely gone and not feeling super, super great about it, but still drunk enough to feel good enough about it. Whereas the Doors version really, really feels that, like, that just the grandeur like it sounds like you're drinking whiskey like in a Baz Luhrmann movie like it just feels like like Moulin Rouge Great Gatsby like cocktails and very bright colors and <laughs> someone toasting while like the room is spinning and there's jump cuts going on and uh John John Leguizamo <laughs> like, in short face <laughs> yeah like it's it's a drinking song. The Doors yeah. version is like this drinking song, raise your glasses, yeah, um, kind of thing. And then they both like during the chorus, it's supposed to be this nostalgic, wistful uh, sort of thing, which I think I feel like Bowie's version does the wistful, nostalgic thing better. Yeah, Bowie's version feels like he's wistful and nostalgic, telling a true story. The Doors version sounds like wistful and nostalgic, but you are just embellishing all of it. Like like the Homer Simpson in a cocktail party, let me get out of this wet clothes and into a dry martini kind of thing. <laughs> really, that's not what actually happened. Yeah, the Doors version, the Doors sort of clean it up and make more of a pop accessible yeah. version. This version, at least the single version, like the one that actually came out on record, is this really weird seems like 
non-commercial. Like you wouldn't really hear this on the radio at all. Like it's, it's surprising to me that it even got released as a single. Yeah. And it, it reached number 23 in the UK charts. It was backed with a, a new, newly recorded version of Space Oddity. It's weird yeah. that... Uh, so there's these two versions, Bowie's version and the Doors version. Bowie's version is more, um, is more weird and discordant, arrhythmic. Drums are absolutely amazing on it. It was um, just the, the difference between listening to it like basically on YouTube through my TV and then hearing it, the drums isolated on the surround sound. Which that was that version wasn't wasn't even surround sound. That was the studio version is just stereo, but it's got the drums hard panned to the left. Yeah, and then the music to the right, which I think the I think the Doors did it that way too. They've got the drums and something else on the left, and then other things on the right and vocals center. But yeah, it really showcases the the weird drums. And so what they had to do to get that that weird drum sound that weird sort of fighting against the rhythm drum track is that they actually they did it they recorded things sort of in the reverse order that they usually do so instead of doing like rhythm track laying down a rhythm track first and then doing the instruments over that they recorded all the other instruments at once with i think the keyboard and guitar no keyboard and bass keeping the time and then dennis davis comes in overdubs the drums over that separately and alone because when they tried to do it in the studio he was just throwing everybody off which is why the live version you don't hear it like that the live version has pretty more a much more standard drum beat playing along yeah far more far more tame right there's a cool version there's a cool live version on youtube also from i think 2002 from berlin which has bowie introducing it uh, and he says something like i i when i was living in berlin I'm sorry, I can't do my Bowie accent right now. Does Bowie have an accent? Yeah, he's got a great accent. Got, I could never even try to do a Bowie accent. He's got kind of a London, so great. London, London slash New York accent. He's got it anyway. He introduces it by saying that he he would sing this song every morning at breakfast when he was living in Berlin, doing the uh, doing Low and Heroes, which I don't know if I really believe. I want to believe it so bad. <laughs> It feels like it seems like the kind of thing that you'd say if you're performing in Berlin. <laughs> it just it feels like the most rock and roll way to welcome a new day. Show me the way to the next whiskey bar, the whiskey bar that is this day. Show me the way. Like <laughs> so, so how a rock star in the late seventies should welcome his day. Yeah, especially a rock star because uh, these. I think this song, like all the Kurt Weil songs, were banned in Nazi Germany. After after World War II started, all the Bertolt Brecht, uh, Kurt Weil material was verboten uh, because it, I don't know, it had some, because it was so, you know, Western, I don't know. I have there no was just, there was too much joy. Yeah. Yeah. Too much joy. What else can we say about Alabama song? You definitely need to listen to the two back to back to really, really appreciate either of them, it turns out. I think that's the one thing that's that's the one thing I'll take from my Alabama song experience is that knowing both versions makes each one just a little better. Like it's just there's so much it's it feels like it tells a much more complete story. They complement each other. They complement each other very well because everyone's had both of those kinds of nights. 
And it's kind of like, it really like, it makes you realize that. I disagree. I feel like I could do without the Doors version. But then I'm a pessimist. <laughs> well, it's funny because, let's face it, like everyone who has, everyone's friend who drinks like the, like the Doors version of this song hates drinking with that friend because they are the worst. Because in their mind, they are like in the center of like the Baz Luhrmann movie. But really, you're just sitting at a bar and that person needs to just chill a little bit. Like, no one believes your stories, man. You're yeah. fun sometimes, but... Uh. Yeah, so the Doors version is like the imaginary, impressionistic version inside the drunk guy's yeah. head. And then the the Bowie version, Lada Lenya version, is uh, is reality. Yeah. <laughs> Call me a hard materialist, but I like the, the depressing, <laughs> realistic version. Well, it's funny, because the Doors kind of have a reputation for a band that you're really supposed to only like in your early 20s or like your teen years. Like, that's when it really speaks to you the most. And then you don't really do the Doors so much, whereas like Bowie's forever. So it's kind of like that. It's it's maybe as youths, we, you know, that was fun. It was really great. It was a great song. Still is a great song. But, you know... We're old. We're settled into our, our Bowie phase. Like we're that that's the kind of drinking we do these days. It's much more easy to re- relate to that. And it's so much less polished. I always appreciate that about a song. The Doors versions. It is it is very it's very tight, it's very produced. Um man, I'm really turning on the doors here. Yeah. <laughs> I have some revelations here. I have, I really don't dislike the doors, but neither do I. I just don't really like like them. Yeah. That much. It took buying that box set for me to learn that. It's an expensive lesson, yeah. as they all are sometimes. Right. So uh, let's so we'll, let's raise a glass to the Bowie version of Alabama Song and drain a glass in respect and remembrance for the Doors version, which I may never listen to again. <laughs> pour pour this little splash onto the ground for that one. Uh, oh, ratings. How should we? What do you? Uh, what do you give Alabama Song out of five? Uh, Five glasses of whiskey. Yeah, let's choose those and over the little girls. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Good call. Or dollars. Good dollars. Or glasses of whiskey. Um, I'll say, I'll say three three glasses of whiskey. All right, which translates to fifteen dollars, eighteen dollars. Yeah. yeah. I'll give it. I'll give it. Uh, yeah, I'll give it like uh, fifteen to eighteen little dollars. I'll give it three. Glasses of whiskey. All right, three and three. That's good. Um, next episode, we're going to be talking about something else. I want to transition this. Up. We're gonna well, so we're gonna keep the whole avant garde thing going. True. With uh, with Aladdin Sane. It's like a little hidden genius with David Bowie and like listening to the songs in alphabetical order. They kind of build some of their own transitions into each other, like how we had across the universe into uh, what was the one we listened to right after that? Afraid. Had our like working with John Lennon, referencing John Lennon. Now we have avant-garde drums, and we're gonna talk some avant-garde piano in the next song. Do you think he planned that out? I bet somewhere he did. He thought of everything. Somewhere in his mind, he had this planned out. Like he had a list, alphabetical, of the of the title of his songs. Yeah, and his cool Bowie English accent that I won't try. He was saying someday. Some people are going to talk into a computer about all my songs in alphabetical order, and they are going to love this little Easter egg I just left them. Right. Uh, All right, so join us next episode for Aladdin Sane. 
1913, 1938, 1970 question mark. Till then, I'm Thomas. I'm Travis. See you next time. Far more familiar with the Doors version of this right. song. Hang on just a sec. Let's let them... Sorry. All right, that should be good. So, anyway, sorry about that. Yeah. Neighbor's gonna neighbor. Well, yeah, I... Neighbor, I neighbor's gonna neighbor. Neighbor's gonna neighbor. Neighbor's gonna neighbor. Oh. Outtakes.